Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Monday, everybody, and welcome into the Gramlick and McLean podcast presented by Ingles. We are continuing our summer guest series, and this guy was really great. I'm, I'm super excited for our listeners to hear this interview. Mac, we have Father's Day coming up. It is Father's Day Eve or the, the week of Father's Day, and <laughs> I know you're excited. And so, of course, Ingles has everything you could need for Father's That's Day. Right. Not for you, Matt, because you don't need to go there and shop for yourself. Now you could go get some meat, you know, if you want to grill on Father's Day, I'm sure that would bring you such joy. Yeah. But it has what Khaki needs to go make sure your Father's yes. Day is perfect. That's right. Well, you know, fathers are kind of like the offensive line of the world, KG. You, you, you just, the unsung heroes, if you will. And so on Father's Day, we grill out. We grill our own food. And uh, where else are you going to go but the official supermarket of the Gramlick and MacLane podcast? That's Ingles. Go get your meats from there, guys. Uh, and, and sons, nephews, uh, whatever it takes. Go get your dads some meat. Cook it up for them. Go to Ingles. Get it done. Uh, that, that's what we'll be doing. I can't wait. I'm super excited. But today's guest, KG, David Pash, uh, he, he's one of my favorites. Love watching him uh, on a plethora of platforms. Uh, you got NBA, college football, college basketball. He truly does it all. And he serves as the play-by-play commentator. The stories, KG, are some of the best. He has called games for pretty much every major network in the NBA, NFL, college football. He does it all. And he's a proud Syracuse grad. He actually was the voice of Syracuse football and basketball for a while at the beginning of his career. He's got some great stories for us, some Bill Walton stories. So let's get to a message from Ingalls, and then let's get to Dave Pash. Did you know Ingalls only sells USDA choice and prime cuts of meat? Maybe it's time to reward yourself. Our butchers cut all our meat fresh in the store every day. Grass-fed, organic, you name it. Not only that, we'll even cut it to order just the way you like it. And we grind meat fresh in the store multiple times a day. It's all in the bag. That's the best meat in town for the best folks in town. Ingles. Low prices. Love the savings. Dave, welcome into the podcast, man. I do want to peel back the curtain just a little bit here because I feel like our listeners need to know this. Because it speaks to how great of a man and great guy that you are. I sent you a, a message. I said, hey, buddy, you know, would love to have you come on the podcast. Thinking, you know, two, three weeks from now, we, we'd get you on. He said, hey, I've got plans. I'm, I'm leaving the country. You got me tonight or it'll have to be a month. And you, we did it, man. And you're here. Welcome to the show. I really appreciate you, brother. You got it. Well, in, in full disclosure, since we're going down that road, I'm, I'm taking my 75-year-old mother to Italy for a week. So uh, we're flying in from different parts of the country to meet up. So I was flying into New York a night early uh, to make sure that, you know, she has no issues tomorrow morning getting here. And obviously with me, with the time change, it just worked out better to get in the night before. So it actually worked out great. I got nothing to do. I'm all yours for as long as you need me. (laughs) Well, and this works. Yeah, Dave, this works great for us, honestly, because Mac has an eight month old and she's asleep. And I have a one month old and he's currently on a walk with his dad. So this is Perfect. Primo time. Primo time. Because congratulations to you both. (laughs) Yeah. So this is great. Congratulations. That's awesome. We appreciate it. 
It's fun. Yeah, well, that, that's awesome. That I didn't realize you guys had kids that young, especially you, Kelly. I didn't realize a month old. That, that's a, that's amazing. She's killing. Well, congrats it. to She's you killing both. It, man. It's yeah, it's, it's been cool. It's been a lot of fun to to see, and we'll continue to uh, to to see Kelly's little boy grow. He he he's right behind her, so it'll be fun to see her. Max, Max daughter's the elder stateswoman. That's right. Now. That's right. You know, she's been around for a little bit, <laughs> figuring it all out. Well, well Dave, well, let's just, jump into it. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying, mine just turned 25. My oldest turned wow. 25 today. So I'm, I, you guys got a ways to go to catch up with us. But does it uh, does know. it fly by, man, as yeah. quickly as people say? Of course it does. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 25 years seems like yesterday. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 crazy. We still have one. We have three. So she's our oldest. We have one who just graduated from college. And then our, our son has a year left of high school. So we're uh, I, I just turned 50 and we're a year away from empty nester being empty nester. So, so we'll at least be young, empty nesters, sure. uh, young at heart. My wife looks younger than I do. Um, <laughs> so, but, but I like to say young at heart for me, she looks right. young. I'm young at heart. There you go. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Well, again, man, really appreciate your time. Excited to jump all in into it with you today. I mean, you, you do it all brother, NFL, college football, college basketball, NBA, uh, and, and everything in between uh you, you just got done with some nba playoffs i think this is a little bit of a time off for you so is this normally when you can recharge take a little vacation that's it exactly uh, i just finished up i did radio for the eastern conference finals espn radio i'd done it about 10 years ago but it had been a long time so it's kind of nice to to get back into uh basketball and radio consistently i'd done westwood one the last few years for ncaa tournament but you know, doing a conference finals and obviously that series was insane. Uh, and then prior to that, you know, handful of games on on ESPN TV for the playoffs. So, but to answer your question, yes, I'm until training camp and really preseason. Uh, I don't really get uh, busy in terms of of work life, and obviously things will get really busy in September. But between now and then, it's it's a little bit of a light lift or or no lifting. Uh, sure. with the exception of some pasta and pizza and maybe a glass of wine. <laughs> That's right. Good old hand to mouth. You, you love to see that workout <laughs> final. Uh, speaking, speaking of finals there, who's winning the NBA finals? This will come out. It, it probably won't be over, but tell, tell me who's winning it. Uh, well, I would have thought Denver in five or six. I'm right. not sure now. I still think Denver wins it, but I think it's probably going to go a little longer. I just – I've learned a long time ago not to count out Eric Spolstra. I think he's a terrific coach. The makeup of that team is, uh, you know, they, they did have the best record in the East last year, so it's a little deceiving when we talk about them as an eight seed. They had injuries. And, you know, they probably had as many injuries as anybody in the NBA at bad times. But it doesn't seem to matter. They lose Tyler Hero in the first game of the playoffs, and they end up beating Milwaukee in five, no eight seed had ever won a first round series and fewer than six and then obviously beat the Knicks and then beat Boston in seven after blowing a three nothing lead. <laughs> so really shouldn't be surprised at what they're doing. And Jimmy Butler is the perfect guy that fits what I know annoys people when they hear it, but he culture, mm -hmm. he really fits that. And when he is the guy that is at the front is at the front of the line for that and he's all in, you know, the other guys can't help but being all in as well. And it's, it's, it's not surprising they won game two, and we're, we're recording this after game two. Uh, but I still think Denver is – they're different than Boston in the sense that they're a lot mentally tougher. They're a lot like Miami in that regard. They're a mentally tough team. That's why I don't think that they're going to get derailed by 
the home loss in game two, as surprising as it was to a lot of people. Right. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see if you're right, Dave, as we release this in a few weeks. And I, I'm intrigued by this series overall. But you are one of those unique guys where you call – there are very few people that call NBA and NFL. And then you add in college football, college basketball. Of course, we're going to – as I'm sure everyone asks you about Bill Walton, we will at the end. I roll, I know. But how do you do that? How do you keep all of that straight when you're you're just bouncing around from all these different leagues? I guess I'm used to it, Kelly. I don't know that there's really any secret sauce to it. Uh, I've watched and had a lot of mentors over the years that do a lot of the same stuff. Mike Tirico, John McDonough, Ian Eagle, three guys who uh, were three mentors of mine growing up in the business. And you know, all those guys have been very good at various sports, bouncing around from one to the other uh, and doing it at a very high level. And I think when, you know, you have those kind of guys to look up to and it's just play by play. Now it is different sports and, you know, different leagues, but it, it's not like you're going from, you know, uh, medical engineering to, you know, computer science from one day to the next. I mean, we're still just calling a sport, but it is different. And radio and TV is different. And pro sports is much easier than college sports, much easier hmm. uh, because you know everybody. Uh, you know the faces, you know the numbers, you know all about the teams. Uh, I've always felt college football is the hardest, the most challenging. It can be the most rewarding too, because you may see a team at the, you know, you may see them at the beginning of the year and never see them again. And, you know, so a lot of times you're studying, if you get a team week 10 and you haven't had them all year, you're basically studying nine weeks of material mm. to get ready for that game again for a group that you may not see again the rest of the year. That's one of the great things about college football, too. Um, but going back to your question, I, I think just the biggest thing is uh, is trying to take care of yourself and make sure that you can do it all. As I'm getting a little bit older, it's harder, <laughs> to be yeah. honest, with the travel. That's the hardest part. Everything else is fun. But it's the, the early wake-up calls to get from one city to the next and being nervous about whether the flight's going to go and what <laughs> happens if the flight's late, what happens if you don't get there. I, I do know that if I were to miss a a college basketball game, or at least be a little bit late. Um, I think Bill Walton on play-by-play -play would be entertaining. I don't think people would miss me that much. <laughs> yeah, that would be must-watch TV in itself. He could he could just pretend to be you and just throw it back and forth to himself. Uh, I'm sure he'd be fine with that. I agree with you on that, though. The, the least glamorous part, and honestly, the most challenging part, is the travel at times, especially when you get into basketball and weather and all that stuff. Wait, but, you guys don't have a private jet? What? That's just <laughs> Mac. <laughs> yeah, it's just Mac. It's just Mac. That's how he goes up to Bristol and back. So we talk about you doing all these different things. Growing up, did you want to be a play-by-play -play guy? Is that something you dreamed of? I know you are a Syracuse guy, as is, you know, all the good ones. <laughs> everyone, and obviously everyone. you're a yeah. ACC guy as a Syracuse guy. I know you weren't when you were there. Well, they weren't in the ACC. But is this something you always wanted to do from a play-by-play perspective? It, it's not. It, it isn't. But very early, I realized that it was something I really loved. And, and so at first, I wanted to either be an actor or stand up comedian, but I was mm. terrible. Uh, I had a <laughs> friend who had worked at a, at a comedy club in Madison, Wisconsin, where I grew up. And I used to go with him. He was actually paid to work there. I would go like an open mic night and I was awful <laughs> and realized that I wasn't very good at it. And so I thought because I was a decent athlete, but not a great athlete, I wasn't going to be good enough to play in college. I played 
uh, golf in high school and basketball in high school. But I wasn't going to be good enough. And I really wanted to stay involved. And I, I was such a huge sports fan. And I remember just watching Dick Vitale. I was a big college basketball fan growing up in Wisconsin. And Syracuse was great at the time. Sherman Douglas, Derek Coleman, they were always on ESPN. And they were like an NBA team. They were like the Showtime Lakers. And Dick Vitale was calling the games and always talking about all these guys that went to Syracuse. And he's naming you know guys like Dick Stockton and Marv Albert and Bob Costas. And I'm like, I know those guys. Those are the guys I watch and love calling the games. So I thought, you know, I, I can go to school and be a color commentator like Dick Vitale. But then realized kind of as when I got there that it was more about, you know, the play-by-play. And I remember sitting in an auditorium at Syracuse when I went on my visit and they asked, Everybody who wanted to call a Syracuse basketball game to raise their hand. And literally everybody in the auditorium put their hand up. There probably was wow. 200 people. It probably it felt like 20,000 uh, just because, you know, it's a relatively small town and everybody's hands up. And I'm like, this this isn't the place for me. I, I got no chance. Um, but things worked out where I started the student radio station pretty early on. And, you know, I was hooked. I uh, was hooked on play-by-play, was hooked on being at the games and loved it, and that's all I wanted to do. That's amazing. Wow. That is absolutely amazing. And it, it's so fun to to kind of just hear those and and how it happens and, you know, just being hooked there, you know, going to one of the best schools in the country to do it, having all those giants that you mentioned uh, that, that you just, you know, were, were a part of and, and saw those guys, you know, kind of as they, they blew up there. Uh, let's look at the football side for a second, as there's many sides to uh, Dave Pash here. Uh, when you call, you know, the, the college game and then you prepare for the NFL, do either of those kind of help you get in rhythm? You know, you go Saturday, you do your thing, and then you go do the NFL side. How does that, I guess, relationship work in the fall? Well, it's interesting. I mean, I'm always waiting on Sundays for that schedule. We don't get our schedule for the Saturday uh, until six days before. So I'm like dying waiting for the schedule because obviously I know where the Cardinals are going to be. And so it's all about, okay, what are the travel gymnastics? First of all, are we going to be at noon? Are we going to be at 3.30? <laughs> are we going to be in prime? Are we going to be late? You know, if the Cardinals are east, okay, I can pretty much bet we're not going to do the 10.30 game. Uh, it, you know, if they're in Green Bay, maybe it's a little bit harder. So I, I can kind of, I have a sense maybe of a handful of options in my head, but I obviously don't know until the schedule comes out. So it's a game that I end up playing and probably driving all my, uh, the people I work with crazy trying to think about. Um, but yeah, once, once the schedule is out and we know where we're going and make travel, um, it's, you know, it's all about, and for me, like I mentioned earlier, pro sports is much easier, especially the Cardinals, cause you're doing the same team every week. And, you know, the opposing team doesn't take a ton of time to prepare for. The hardest thing is sometimes where they put you, the broadcast locations for these games. It's I need a telescope for some of these NFL stadiums <laughs> now where they have us uh, to call the game. But at least it, it you're not you don't have elements to worry about. You don't have like these long production meetings. You call the game. That's the beauty of radio. You don't have time to get in the storyline. So it's it's a much easier lift in terms of preparation. As I mentioned to you guys earlier, college football is like, again, it's it's like you prepare for a whole season each week. Right. Mm-hmm. And but the game itself, and I mean, I love, you know, I love the the atmosphere, the pageantry, obviously. Uh the game, every game feels huge in college football. Every game is such a big event. And so uh, I, I just I, I love getting there and getting there early and being around campus and going out to dinner and just kind of 
watching as the intensity grows, you know, around the venue and you know, meeting with the coaches that, that, that all is, is fun. And just being with your group and the people you're calling the game with too. And, you know, that chemistry you build with them off the air goes a long way to, you know, what you sound like on the air. Yeah, no, I don't think there's any question about that. And, and very evident, you know, in your broadcasts and, and the folks that you work with, I do want to ask you about the state of college football, but uh, first wanted to see if there was any travel nightmare stories. Like, is, is there one oh, man. that just off the top of your head, you're like, wow, this is just, this is brutal. This is brutal. I mean, I don't want to bore people, but yeah, there were two <laughs> close calls. There was one, this was probably six or seven years ago. I was working with Greg McElroy and Tom Luganville. We were at a 3.30 game at Ohio State, and the Cardinals were playing the Panthers next day. And it was like a six-hour drive from Columbus to Charlotte. And I'm like, you know what? The game's going to end at 7, 7.30. I, I don't want to be driving six, seven hours. Got to get out of the horseshoe. You know, like, do I really want to do that? I'm like, you know what? Uh, you know, I'm not going to do it. I'll fly the next morning. And there's a not, there, but there wasn't a nonstop out of Columbus. So I had to drive to Dayton. So I drive to Dayton to get the nonstop the next morning. Well, of course, the nonstop is delayed. And eventually, <laughs> you know, I'm stressing out the whole time. I think we landed at 11. The game is at one. We landed at 11. Now, there was a nonstop from Columbus, but it left later. That's why I didn't take it. Mm. So I landed at 11. I'm on the phone with the Cardinals. They're kind enough to send a, police escort to come get me oh, wow so what's yes. funny is i come i come racing out of the charlotte airport and i hear my name call and i look over and it's lugs it's tom he had already landed and he sees this car come this unmarked police car come in with its lights on and me running into it like waving as i jump into the car so right. anyway um Thankfully, because of the police escort, it got me there quickly. But that was that was scary. That was nervous and then nerve wracking. And then there was one a couple of years ago where we game at uh, Nebraska, Wisconsin. Same thing, three thirty ABC. Couldn't get to Seattle that night, so I had to drive to Chicago, fly the next morning, drive to Chicago. Mm. Uh, the the flight the next morning is delayed, and and the reason it was delayed is because one of the bins, the overhead bins, would not close. Oh, they no. delayed the flight for like four hours and eventually just wow. took the bin out and again for people like uh, delay stink but like when you're stressing out like I, it's two different employers sure um right so you're trying mm -hmm. to get you know you, you want to make sure everybody's happy and pleasing both your <laughs> your bosses and and you're sitting there looking at the clock and i think that one for a one o'clock we landed at 11 30 still made Jeez. it to the game but uh yeah that was that was not fun Gosh, that's brutal. Mm. That, that's brutal. Luckily enough, man, I, I don't have those two jobs in the fall. I, I haven't had too many close calls like that. So it's <laughs> I, I can only imagine how terrifying that is. Uh, okay, college football, the state of it. Th things are going crazy. Things are changing. Uh, NIL, transfer portal, playoff expansion, realignment with conferences, uh, all these different things that are just very new, you know, to, to all of us, you know, in the last, you know, four or five years here. Uh, what do you think about it? Is it good for college football? Do you personally like it, hate it? What, what do you kind of feel about where we're going as a, as a sport here? I think what's interesting is maybe it, when it first started, it felt like there would be more parity in college football. And I do think that certainly there are teams that are, you know, I, I we did uh, the American championship last year. So we got a chance to see Tulane. And a school like that can turn things around quickly with good players and good coaches. Obviously, they don't have the NIL dollar that other schools have. Um, and you still see schools like that 
um, coastal Carolinas, those kind of programs that can have good seasons. But I think ultimately what's happening is it's making the rich richer and mm. look at the blue chip programs. Now it's June, but just taking a guess at what the top 15 is going to look like, think how many blue chip programs are in there. Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, Ohio State, Notre Dame, LSU, uh, and USC. I mean, these are all programs that are used to being at the top. And it just seems like because of that, they have the dollars for NIL. They're going to attract the best players in the portal because the portal is about players getting NIL money and getting to the NFL. So I think ultimately what it's going to do is just it, it's going to enhance the major programs. I still think that the smaller schools will benefit because, you know, an expanded playoff, they're not going to be considered contenders for the championship anyway. Now, what happens to the Syracuses of the world, the schools that are in a power conference that may not have the NIL dollars or have trouble attracting guys in the portal? You know, are they going to stay around 500? Probably. Is it going to be harder for them to have an 11 win season unless they can really build, you know, build things up with recruits or catch a break and get a great quarterback through the portal? Uh, man, I don't know. It just feels like it's, which I don't know that it's a bad thing. It's just we're used to seeing the best programs year in, year out winning college football uh, that we've seen for the last. 30, 40 years. I mean, Florida State, there's another one, right? Clemson, I mean, Miami, the, the, the same programs we've talked about forever, even some that have had ups and downs. It just feels like they are all benefiting from this in a big way. Mm -hmm. And in, in some ways, that's kind of how college football has always been. You've always had the haves and the have-nots to a certain extent. Um, I do think the portal helps some of these programs. You mentioned a, a team like a Syracuse, TCU, for example, being able to use the portal and also just hire really good coaching staff, offensive coordinator, things like that. You, I, I joke obviously about you being an ACC guy because of the Syracuse stuff, but we're of course an ACC podcast. And then you also live on the West coast. So you, you see what's going on with the PAC 12. You call a lot of games in the conference of champions on the basketball side. Where do you think those two stand kind of the, the coastal uh, conferences, if you will, in this new super conference era? On the ACC, you know, the Pac-12 is is obviously a big unknown at this point, mm -hmm. depending on the TV deal. It's it's all about the TV deal, because if the presidents don't like what George Klyovkov is presenting to them, and you know the Big 12 is now locked yeah. in with ESPN, the ACC is locked in with ESPN, and uh, it, it's it, it's got to be a, a nervous time for a lot of those ads and coaches and. Chancellors. Uh, so I, the Pac-12, I, I I don't know what's going to happen. I hope they stay together. Uh, obviously, the UC, uh, USC and UCLA departures are incredibly debilitating. Um, and, and I still think the Pac-12 can recover. People I've talked to, it, it feels like I know there's some people in the league and around the league that feels like maybe some of the other conferences are planting information. Um, mm through the media to potentially sway some of these schools to make a, a rash uh, decision uh, before the TV stuff comes out and try to pry them away. Because a lot of people I've talked to you still think the money is going to be there. It's not going to be what it might have been, and it may not be what the Big 12 got. 
but it's not going to be as bad as some people think. Hmm. These are some of the Pac-12 experts I've talked to, people that associated or in the conference. So I'm curious to see how it plays out. I still think there's a really good chance they all stick together. The ACC is interesting because I have to think the SEC wants Clemson and Florida State for football. So, you know, what does that mean if one of those schools goes or both? Um, you know, Miami, what, 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 what happens to, to, you know, the ACC basketball conference, you know, is, is incredibly strong. Uh, I still think the ACC football is in a good spot. You, you've seen programs like North Carolina and Wake have success the last few years and obviously attract really good quarterbacks. Um, I know North Carolina's end of the season last year was disappointing, but you still got a great player there and you've got Mac Brown and his staff that are attracting good players. Uh, NC State and watching what they've been able to do. The ACC is still a strong league. I just, how, how much does, does the SEC, is the SEC content where it is or how much money is it interested in throwing at some of these power programs in the ACC for football? Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree, man. It's great point. It, it's interesting because all those things that you're, you know, mentioning and reasons that you're mentioning, it's like a cold war right now. It really is. It feels like everybody, is just kind of waiting for something, and then it's okay, boom, boom let's go. Let, let's either add, get rid of, whatever it's going to be. And it, it, it's fascinating. I know I kind of asked it to you. I'm going to repurpose it here. Is that good for college football? Is two super conferences where maybe you have 45, 50 teams and a new division, whatever, is that good? Is that cool? Do you, do you like that? It's good in the sense that if that's where it ends up, and boy, it certainly feels like we're headed that way, um, SEC versus Big Ten. It feels like we're heading that way, and I'm not sure how long it will take to get there, but if that's where we go, it's good in the sense that there's a lot of money coming in and that the playoff is expanding. More money means more opportunity for players, more sure. opportunities for coaches, more opportunities for fans to see their teams. Um, I think just the expansion of the playoff says things. the college football is in a good spot. Uh, for the people that are against the college football playoff expansion, it, it boggles my mind because it, it, it only enhances the regular season. I just think it makes more regular season games more important. Mm. You know, you can lose your first two games in the current setup and, you know, there's less interest in a right. nationally televised game for a it's team that's 0-2 because it's all about the playoff. But now yeah. you could still win your league. Um, exactly. You could still go, you know, nine Nine and three, and find a win as an at large, depending on who you played in the first two games of the year. So, I think all of this is good for college football in the sense that it's increased exposure, there's more money coming into it, and that's better for the fan. Sure. Yeah, man, I love it. I'm excited. Uh, I do think that's where we're, we're trending. It'll be interesting to just see, though, how many players, how many conferences are involved. What does it look like? Is it a new, like I said, kind of division where the big boys say, this is what we're doing. We're moving on. And is it just football? Is it just men's and women's basketball? And everything else maybe operates the same. It's going to be fascinating to see. Uh, something else that's fascinating is your your basketball play-by-play -play work. And working with a guy like Bill Walton, uh, it, it's must-watch TV. It, I never know what's going to happen, what to expect. So just if you could peel back the curtain for us uh, on that relationship and how it all works. How do you approach that versus anything else that you do? Uh, on TV, it's it, it's obviously incredibly different. I've had a lot of people that <laughs> played with Bill 
um, or know Bill very well, but in particular guys that played with Bill that will tell me that he views it as if he is playing in a game. <laughs> and I watch him and he prepares as if he's playing in a game. Like before oh. the game, he's stretching, he's eating energy chews and um, protein bars. He is he is getting ready to play game seven of the NBA finals. And off the air, before the game, well, before the game, he doesn't like to talk to me, he wants to be spontaneous. After the game, I'm his teammate. But on the air, um, I think in his mind, I'm, I'm Kareem. I'm like his adversary. And he's playing in a game. And I am the impediment to him winning the game. And it's, it's an amazing, um, he's very, you know, idiosyncratic, I think is probably the best way to describe him. <laughs> he I'll just, look that up later. I'll look that word up later. Don't worry. You, yeah. <laughs> and I went to Syracuse. I shouldn't know the meaning of that word, but I actually do. Um, they're just, I've never seen anybody like him or been around anybody like him. We first started working together in 2006, my first year on the NBA, which he claims, by the way, never happened. Uh, he still doesn't uh, doesn't acknowledge that we actually worked together on some NBA games uh, almost 20 years ago. But when ESPN got the Pac-12 contract, they wanted to put the two of us together. And you know, I think at first he tried to you know push my buttons to see how I'd react. And I've you know talked to other guys that he's worked with that did not react the way I did. They no longer work together. Uh, <laughs> Uh, in fact, Bill, I can't say the name, but Bill told me a story one time. I asked him if he, you know, still kept in touch with a certain play-by-play guy that he used to work with. And he goes, oh, he hated me and probably still does. <laughs> so, you know, he, eh, working with Bill's not for everybody, but I enjoy it. It's a challenge. It's fun. It's unique. It's, you know, again, he, to him, it's, he has played basketball in 35 years. You know, he was one of the best players of all time, the 30 for 30 that, as the time that this is out, will have will have been released the four episodes. Mm-hmm. I've seen all four episodes. Uh, I just did a panel a couple months ago with Danny Ainge, Mickey Hart, who's the drummer for the Grateful Dead, and Lemmy Wilkins uh, that that followed on ESPN Plus the the four part documentary on Bill, and it was a fascinating watch. He's such an interesting guy, and he loves to share all of his knowledge with the world mm-hmm. on television. Man, that I can't wait for that 30 for 30, by the way. I've been seeing the commercials. I'm I'm locked into that. There, there's so many ways I could go with this, but I my favorite Bill Walton moment ever that I witnessed on television is when he ate the cupcake with the lit candle on it. And I need to know what's is that in your mind the craziest thing he's done, or have you seen something crazier? I mean, it's up there. I mean, anybody that you know, he did it again, so he he did it you know, on live TV. And then we had Bobby Hurley because they, they just upset. I think they were playing Oregon. They upset yeah. Oregon. And so we had Bobby on and like, not every PAC 12 coach uh, is a fan of, of Bill, um, sure. <laughs> but the ones that are love Bill, Bobby Hurley might be Bill's biggest fan. And I think part <laughs> of that is because Bobby was such a great player. Mm-hmm. He appreciates Bill. And I think they all sure. appreciate Bill, but sure. you know, a lot of them look at Bill from a coaching perspective, like, Okay, I'm trying to recruit, and this guy's on TV talking about, um, you know, the ozone layer, uh, right. not talking about basketball. You know, some coaches don't like that. Um, a lot of those guys are are no longer there. He he's had his run-ins with previous UCLA coaches, but um, so anyway, we, we told Bobby about it. Bobby wanted to see it again, so Bill 
Bill did the lit cupcake during the postgame interview wow. for, for Bobby. And Bobby just stared at him and just dying laughing. Um, There's a lot of them. He went to the bathroom uh, during the Pac-12 tournament when a game went to overtime a couple years ago. When uh, he just got up and you know, when you're you got to go, you got to go. And he he doesn't move well, as you know. He can't run. So, like I started the first two minutes of the overtime, I was calling by myself, and all the money guys in the front row in Vegas are turning around looking at me like, "What's going on?" I'm like, "I, I don't know." He didn't say anything. He didn't think the game was over. He just, it, so, of course, we have a camera now on the, the tunnel right. that, to where the restroom was. That, that, so as soon as Bill comes out, you know, the restroom, the, so it's like a split screen of the game and the, the shooting Bill coming out of the bathroom and him walking on the floor, almost hitting an official as he comes back to sit down. Um, it's Bill's world and we're, we're just all kind of living in it. That's right. That's right. I, I, it's it just, is. You never know. You literally have no clue what, what's going to happen does Bill truly believe the Pac-12 is the conference of champions? Like, is he that committed to the Pac-12? Good question. I, I don't know. Were UCLA leaving? I don't know. He, Phone him in. Right. Phone him for a while. That's right. He, he wouldn't talk to anybody for a while. Um, he's not He's not real thrilled about the, you know, as he would call it, joining a truck stop conference. So, because oh. um, that's one of, you know, obviously his favorite things is Pac-12, you know, conference of yeah. champions, no truck stops here. Um which is not true, by the way. If you've been to some of the Pac-12 schools, there, there are plenty of truck stops. But, uh, but yeah, he, he I, I don't know if he believes it or if he just, uh, you know, I mean, in, in a way it's true, right? They, they still have the most championships. So I get it. It's just facts. It's just facts. Dave, man, this was so much fun. I, I can't thank you enough for making this happen. I'm excited for your vacation. I hope you live it up. Uh, <laughs> as you said, wine, pasta, maybe pizza. some pizza. That's it. That's the workout regimen. Okay. Right here. Right here. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, the good thing is you walk enough where you can walk it all off. We're kind of used That's to right. it. So you can That's kind right. of walk it all off, but uh, yeah, it's kind of nice to, to, you know, when I travel in the U S it's for work. So for me to vacation in the United mm. States feels like work. So to be able to get out and totally be off the grid uh, will be, will be wonderful. Thanks for having me on though, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks again to our guy, Dave Pash, for joining us as he gets ready to go to Italy. Mac, as this is released, I hope he is enjoying some time in Italy because that's pretty darn cool. That's right. He told some funny travel stories and not funny at the time, but funny later. I was going <laughs> to add this in, but I figured I'll wait till the outro. My craziest one is I was trying to fly back to get back to do the radio show that I used to do. So I was on a real time crunch. And we were in Hartford trying to go to D.C. and then to Greenville. And we couldn't leave because the toilet water on the plane was frozen. <laughs> I remember the story. <laughs> oh, man. You knew it was cold outside it's when awful. that happened. It's awful. I mean, the craziest things that can <laughs> delay a plane. Uh, it, it's unbelievable. Everything. Uh, a big shout out to Dave making time for us. I, I told it on the, the front end of the interview there, but, you know, kind of just sent him a message thinking we would record this, you know, in a week or so, maybe two weeks. And he said, hey, bud, I'm going to Italy for like a month. So uh, you either got tonight or in a month. And I said, let's do it. Let's do it tonight. So very grateful uh, for his time. He literally had just stepped off a plane in New York City, uh, made it happen for us. And the stories, uh, just unbelievable. So fun to hear about kind of how he got into the business that he really didn't want to, uh, but then kind of fell in love with it and, and got it going. And of course, the Bill Walton. Go check out that 30 for 30. I believe it just came out. 
uh, maybe last week sometime, but you got to check it out. All the stories. Uh, I've seen so many snippets and samples uh, of his interaction with Dave. And of course, just watching uh, throughout the years. It's funny and he's a funny guy, but that's it from us guys. Another great episode presented by our great friends over at Ingalls. Really appreciate them. And of course, thank you to David Pash joining us. Uh, We need you to go over to YouTube, rate, review, subscribe right here. Join us. It's a lot of fun. You got to see all the action. But of course, the OGs over on Apple Podcast, rate, review, subscribe over there as well. We would greatly appreciate that. But until next time, we'll see y'all. Thank you.